Advances in biotechnology have garnered the spotlight in recent years, particularly with regard to landmark uses of genetic biotech. Think, for example, of the role mRNA technologies played in developing vaccines for COVID-19 as a recent example. Biotechnologies, in fact, are increasingly utilized in agricultural and environmental applications as well. Terms such as CRISPR have gained such widespread recognition among the consuming public that they border on being household names. But what do farmers think about implementing these types of technologies in their operations? Welcome to Feedstuffs in Focus, our podcast taking a deeper look at big issues in the livestock, poultry, grain, and feed industries. I'm your host, Andy Vance. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is sponsored by Arm & Hammer Animal and Food Production and their science-hearted podcast, Food Chain Chats. Join me to hear insights on how the food supply chain is taking the experiences we learned in 2020 into 2021. Subscribe wherever you find your favorite podcasts. In this episode, Feedstuff's editor Sarah Muirhead talks with Michigan State University researchers Danielle Eufer and David Ortega about the findings of a recent study of more than 500 U.S. dairy farmers on their willingness to adopt gene-edited genetics into their herds. The research suggests that farmers may be just a little gun-shy when it comes to adopting new biotech applications, and that gene editing specifically may face an uphill battle in the dairy sector. With more on the story... Here's Sarah Muirhead. Danielle, tell us a little bit about this work. How did it come to be and, and what exactly are you looking at? This work that we're doing came out of a project where we were looking at biotechnology and animal welfare in particular in um, pork and dairy industries. So for this part of the project, we um, sent some surveys out to about 2,000 U.S. dairy farmers in six different states. Um, and from that, we received over 500 responses, uh, which was really exciting to have that level of response. We asked these farmers about their operations, their attitudes towards some current and past advances in dairying technology and biotechnology, um, and that included things like gene editing and some of its possible applications. That's a really good survey response. David, anything to add to that? Yeah, I just sort of wanted to let um, you know the viewers that are joining us know that gene editing is a very recent type of biotechnology where scientists can really change an organism's DNA to produce desirable traits or suppress traits that aren't so desirable. Um, but they can do that without adding genetic foreign material. Uh, so it's a very different uh, type of biotechnology from the transgenic biotechnology, um, which is what we're all familiar with when we think of um, you know GMOs out there. Um, and gene editing can be accomplished through various tools. Um, last year, the Nobel Prize in Chemistry went to two uh, female researchers. Um, for their work on CRISPR-Cas9, the genetic scissors that do a lot of the gene editing work. Um, and there's a lot of potential in human, medical, and agricultural applications. Uh, in animal agriculture, they can be used to select for desirable traits such as pulled uh, dairy cattle that are hornless or disease resistance in a lot of livestock. Where are you at in this research? Have you published it? Is it up to be published? Kind of what are and and what are some of the findings to date? Right now, we've we've finished getting all of the surveys back, um, and we've done a lot of looking at the data. So right now, we're finishing up the analyses that we've been running, and we're getting ready to publish the study and and all these different results that we've been finding. Um, some of the key findings that we've had from this study were first and foremost that. Farmers at this point in time really appear to be pretty hesitant about this technology, about gene editing um, for animals. We found that nearly half, um, about 42% of these farmers, don't really think that animals should be genetically engineered at all, let alone just with gene editing. 
We also found that some applications are more of interest to farmers um, and could potentially make the technology more acceptable to them. So for example, we had 80% of the farmers in our sample that were really interested in the idea of mastitis resistance. With mastitis being very common seen on every single dairy farm in the country and really having some important economic and welfare impacts for farmers. So um, definitely some interest that was seen there for an application for gene editing. And that really showed us that um, there's, there's a lot more potential for these developers of these technologies to choose applications that are gonna be especially relevant and important to farmers in order to potentially increase their receptivity to the technology. And then one last key finding that we had is that another hurdle for gene editing technology in the dairy industry is the uncertainty of market acceptance and consumer perceptions right now. Um, a lot of farmers were really hesitant or nervous about the technology because they don't know how the consumer is going to respond and they don't know how processors might respond um, and what that could mean for, for their ability to market their milk. These were really among the top concerns that we were able to find with our survey. And they could be really important for these developers to understand how to get these technologies into the market. Do you see things changing in terms of kind of how how producers make decisions when it comes to market price and profitability? Are there other things perhaps we should be looking at when it comes to such things as, as um, you know, this technology and some of these other things that could have an influence on the, the, the herd health or the yeah, actually overall production of these cows? Price and profitability are certainly still a primary focus for producers, um, but our research really looked to expand our understanding of what kind of things producers take into account when they're making their decisions. So with this study, we actually performed an economic experiment where we were asking the farmers about what their intent to adapt um, gene editing genetics, which might help improve um, their cattle's resistance to Yoni's disease, what that might look like for them. And in order to, um, to encompass these other factors that might be important, we looked at the effect of, of factors beyond profit and price um, to see if they increase or decrease a farmer's willingness to adopt those gene edited genetics. This included things like expert recommendations from a veterinarian, um, a farmer's experience with biotechnology in the past with things like recombinant bovine somatotropin, um, which has been widely used in the dairy industry and also pretty widely disadopted, um, as well as their use of genetically modified organisms with crops. Um, and then also community adoption rates, um, whether other farmers in the area are interested in this technology. Um, and we found that these factors were really an important influence on these farmers' decision-making processes. One thing to add is that, you know, we certainly understand that the farmer is a business owner, right? And they're a profit maximizer, and that drives a lot of the decisions uh, but with this study, you know, we explore and recognize the diversity of farmer attitudes over important issues in agriculture, right? Just like we've done many times for consumers um, and how that sort of shapes a farmer's decision as well. So, you know, we, we still understand that they're that profit maximizer, um, but we look at these other uh, dimensions of decision making uh, with farmers. So, David, what would you say these findings mean then for the dairy industry going forward? Also, the findings really give us a snapshot of the industry's receptivity to gene-edited genetics, right? So right now, these technologies haven't been approved for commercial use, uh, but as biotechnology companies out there and researchers continue to work on these technologies, it's going to be important that they begin to cultivate their market for acceptance if they want to see widespread adoption if and when uh, they're introduced. And really, this is especially important uh, given the lengthy and costly approval process of getting these biotechnologies through the governmental approval process, especially for food application. Now, I know this is dairy focused, but have you seen similar 
acceptance or, or unwillingness to accept in other seg segments as well? So that, that's a great question. The main sort of uh, point here is that there aren't many of these types of studies out there, right? This is one of the, the first studies to really look at producer acceptance and producer attitude towards these technologies. Um, and we hope that this work can help spark um, other researchers to look at acceptance in other industries. Um, there are certainly, you know, many applications within um, not only animal agriculture, but, you know, agriculture in general. Well, we've looked a lot at consumer acceptance, probably, right? That's been the Correct. focus. And so really haven't focused on, do producers want this technology? Do they understand the value um, of this technology? Is that, is, that, is that a fair assessment, Danielle? Yeah, that's definitely a fair assessment. And and also um, what we wanted to incorporate in this study is, is not just if farmers see value in this technology, but um, looking at a lot of those motivations or drivers behind the consumer's decision that, that we're identifying with research around gene edited food now in, in the retail setting, we wanted to see do some of those motivations and that thought process, um, is that going on with the farmer's way of thinking about whether they want to adopt that technology on their farm as well? So that's what really pushed this study into looking beyond just the, the profit um, or the market potential of these products. So do you think that I mean, is biotechnology, is it going to be a game changer for the dairy industry? David, what do you think on that? I think that these technologies have the potential to be game changers. Um, they might completely eliminate uh, some practices on farms or dramatically reduce farm risks to certain diseases. Uh, there are some instances where genetic engineering has shown the potential to increase production efficiency. Um, so there's a lot of room for these technologies to really revolutionize uh, the industry. But, um, and this is sort of you know, a key point here, is that in order to do this, uh, farmer concerns and by extension, um, any consumer or processor concerns are going to need to be addressed, right? And based on our findings, this should be done as proactively as possible. Um, all the technology won't get past the gatekeepers on the farm to really be able to enter the market. So Danielle, how do you go about that? I mean, how do we how do we approach that in terms of getting that acceptance? Any thoughts on that? Really, we need to look at um, lessons from the past. We want to make sure that we're not um, making any of the same mistakes that have been made with GMOs, genetically modified organisms, in the past. So, getting ahead of this and really getting out into into the marketplace and making sure that consumers understand that. This technology is safe, that the science behind it is really well-founded, and that there's a good amount of confidence in these products. And then also highlighting some of those differences between GMOs compared to gene editing, where gene editing really is um, very similar, almost indistinguishable in many cases, from natural, natural genetic mutations that can occur and, and result in these same things, or from um, the breeding processes that have been done for hundreds of years in agriculture. So really trying to target that message to consumers and to processors to help them really understand what this technology is, um, what it's doing in the in the production arena, and how it can benefit both the consumer or the animal or the farmer um, or the planet, all of these different stakeholders for this, um, really getting ahead of that messaging so that that the consumer or these other individuals know what's going on and can feel confident in, in these technologies before they even enter the marketplace is really going to be key. Well, David, this is probably something we learned way back with RBST as well, right? That is correct, yes. <laughs> we all saw how that uh, could have used a little more upfront sell, selling in terms of two, two producers and two consumers. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's like Danielle mentioned, it's about the messaging and the communications, you know, just being upfront and 
and letting consumers know that you know this is a safe um, application um, and and also not making the mistakes that you've noted that we've you know made in the past with messaging and getting the, the information out. Sarah's conversation with Danielle Eufer and David Ortega of Michigan State University aired originally via Feedstuffs 365, our virtual community and events platform. Feedstuffs 365 is part of your subscription to Feedstuffs and can be accessed via feedstuffs.com. I hope you'll join us there. This podcast is sponsored by Arm & Hammer Animal & Food Production and their science-hearted podcast, Food Chain Chats. Check it out to hear insights on how the food ch- supply chain is taking the experiences we all learned from last year's disruptions into a new era. Subscribe wherever you find your favorite podcasts. I'm Andy Vance, and you've been listening to Feedstuffs In Focus. Thanks for joining us. If you want to hear more conversations about some of the big issues affecting the livestock, poultry, grain, and feed industries, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platforms, including Apple and Google, or just visit our website, feedstuffs.com, for future episodes. Until then, have a great day and thanks for listening.